0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. We're looking at biblical prophecy, but we've shifted a bit from a study right in the biblical text to seeing what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says about biblical prophecy. And it's one of the ways, very simply, that anyone can evaluate a book, a conference talk, a broadcast on biblical prophecy. And I've said this many times, but one of the reasons I'm doing this is that there's a lot of things being said very authoritatively, with great respect, the people hearing or reading this stuff, and it's counter what is taught in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So this episode, I'm entitling four words that unlock biblical prophecy, and if you're a newbie to Luke 21. This will be a great introduction. If you've been with us for many of the episodes, you have heard me say this before, but this is going to be a good summary, and hopefully, if you follow me through in a very brief way, this will be a way you can share this with another person, Protestant or Catholic. First of all, just kind of by way of illustration, when my kids were young, I built them a balance beam, and it wasn't uh, anything extraordinary. I took a uh, an eight foot piece of landscape timber. And then I put a couple of uh, uh, vertical uh, supports underneath and put a little ready mix in there. It was only about a foot off the ground, but make sure that they weren't going to kill themselves using my new balance beam. I tried it myself. And, you know, it was actually harder than what it looks to walk on a balance beam if it's even only a, a foot off the ground. But what I'm talking about balancing biblical prophecy today is much harder than a balance beam. It would be the equivalent of a slippery log you're having to walk across over a deep ravine, and it's real easy to fall off one way or another. And so keeping these four words in balance is actually more difficult than what it seems, but that's what we're gonna try to do today using both scripture and the catechism of the Catholic Church. What are those four words? Already and not yet. Already and not yet. Not yet refers to the things that are yet future. They haven't arrived yet in time things we're looking forward to, the the things that are future. Now, on the air, the vast majority of uh, Protestant radio and TV broadcasts on the rapture and biblical prophecy have this not-yet perspective. It's called futuristic. They're looking to the future. But I need to mention that there's many Protestants, although not many of them are on the airwaves, uh, that are much more balanced in already and not yet. In fact, many Protestants have a prophetic viewpoint very similar to that of St. Augustine, which is what the Catholic Church inherited. So it's this isn't necessarily Catholic versus Protestant. This is a, a group, very dominant in today's world group of Protestants, that are futuristic. And so there's. Probably I'm just going to pick four main scriptures uh, for prophecy, uh, be Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13. Those are the three gospels and the th- three key chapters in those gospels. Of course, you have the book of Revelation, Second Thessalonians. So the futuristic or the not yet uh, aspect that almost becomes predominant, in other words, Uh, they read the prophecies and just say, oh, this hasn't happened yet, but it's soon to happen. A few of them are pretty clever, and they'll give lip service to, you know, some of these things might've happened in the first century, but then they'll spend 95% of their time in a futuristic uh, viewpoint. And of course, that's way out of balance. And let me show you how and why, uh, because it's easy to go the other way too. But Matthew 24, verse 15 Says so when you see the desolating sacrifice, that's the abomination of desolation, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now, a a uh, wonderful uh, Catholic cardinal uh, has recently written an article. Saying that this Matthew 24, 15, this desolation, abomination, desolation, is the attempt to cancel the Latin Mass. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I don't tend to Latin Mass, but I I can't for the life of me understand why it isn't allowed for those people who really deeply appreciate and are nourished by the Latin Mass, but nonetheless, is this really what Matthew 24, 15 is talking about? when you say it's something that might happen in the near future, canceling the Latin Mass, that is what Matthew twenty four fifteen is talking about. But Jesus says in the same sentence, even though it's divided by verses, it's only a comma, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Does that sound like canceling the Latin Mass worldwide? Or does this something have a historical reference to particularly 70 AD, when the Romans came and destroyed Jerusalem. It looks like it has a lot to do with 70 AD. So at least that portion of Matthew 24 is something that's already happened, and yet it's being used this month for something not yet. And uh, this is where prophecy can get This is why it's a slippery log, okay? Then let's go to Luke 21. In case you're wondering, that's where this broadcast gets its name. Luke 21, 20, Jesus in a similar passage says, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that it's desolation, the abomination of desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and those who are inside the city depart. Well, what's the city? It's Jerusalem. And where's Jerusalem? In Judea. Those who in Judea leave, okay? It's a very specific, historical, first-century reference, and these scriptures um, are being used to look to the future. Now, they can, and that's not a topic I'll get to today, but you need to recognize that and acknowledge that there can be first century fulfillments of this. That would be already. And you can't use them for not yet until you first understand already. Now, I took a physics class. I don't think I do did too well. I can't quite remember, and that's probably why I didn't do <laughs> too well. But the only thing I really remember from physics, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You take a rocket, you push force down and the rocket goes up, okay? And when you have so many abusing scriptures, publicly and widespread, saying everything like I just read to you about Jerusalem and Judea and first century reference, and without any reference, use these things for the future, well, then you have an equal and opposite reaction. And you come and saying, well, no, All these prophetic scriptures, Matthew 24, all of it, Luke 21, all of it, Book of Revelation, all of it is basically talking about stuff in the first century, or at least 97% of it. And that's not the case either. So you need to be aware that those who are futuristic, to me, have caused a reaction, and this is particularly in Catholic circles, that uh, so many— I regard really good men, very gifted Scripture scholars, have gone into the totally already. It's it's historical. It's past. It's not something that we need to deal with unless you look carefully at Luke 21. Okay? Just a few verses after the verses I just read, Luke 21, verse 24, it says this, and this is unique in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Luke says in verse 24, they will fall, the Jews, by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations, and Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles until, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. You see, and then what is the next verse? There will be signs of sun, moon, stars, earth, distress of nations, roaring of the seas, men fading for fear with foreboding what's coming on the world. The powers of heaven will be shaken, and then the Son of Man will be coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So there's this loss of Jerusalem, which occurred in 70 AD, and uh, the nation Israel reestablished in 1948, but it was only in the Six-Day War In June of 1967, till the whole city was back in Jewish hands, um, (laughs) there seems to be a very future aspect that Luke includes. And it's very interesting if you carefully and slowly read the second of the two volumes set by Benedict XVI on Jesus of Nazareth, and look what he says about Luke 21, there are future aspects to this. You can't just say, oh, it's all future, or it's, oh, it's all past. No, it's already and not yet. Those are the four words that you need to keep. And so you turn to the catechism of the Catholic Church, the section that begins with Uh, Section 668, which is the end-time section of the catechism, the catechism begins with a heading, Christ already reigns through the church, already reigns through the church. 669, the kingdom of Christ is already present in mystery. Section 670, three times in this section— since the ascension, God's plan has entered into its fulfillment. We are already at the last hour. Already the final age of the world is with us. Already the Christ's kingdom manifests its presence. Okay, so I've gotten five times already, already, <laughs> okay, and then we come to 671. And by the way, get your catechism, get a gel highlighter, go through the already's. And then when you get to 671, put a little asterisk by 671. And again, he says, this is the sixth time in just, uh, what, four paragraphs. Though already present in his church, Christ's reign is nevertheless yet to be fulfilled. Already and not yet. And it will be fulfilled with power and glory by the king's return to earth. And the Catechism warns, in the future, about a fiery trial, about religious deception of the most profound manner, about the Antichrist, and about a final unleashing of evil, after it is said six times in four paragraphs, already acknowledging what happened as a result of first coming. But nevertheless, there's a lot of biblical prophecy in the future to be fulfilled. And this is the balance, okay? 671 ends with this. This is why Christians pray above all to hasten Christ's return by saying to him, Maranatha, our Lord come. And you know, I was taught, it's only those who believe in the rapture at any moment view are the ones saying Maranatha, Maranatha, but no, Catechism of the Catholic Church says, Maranatha, because we not only recognize you already, we also look in the future and say, Maranatha, our Lord, come. I'm Steve with your host, and you've been listening to episode 318 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.